Welcome to Awaken Church Online, a ministry of Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. In this episode, Pastor Dean Yoder presents a message about pursuing the heart of God. I like to tell little stories on myself because it's fun and it makes us laugh. I was at a, a funeral a couple weeks ago. A friend of mine, his father, passed away. The service was wonderful. It was at a little church in Sheridan, and the peace of God was just amazing in that place. I'm really good at daydreaming and getting lost sometimes, just, you know, when you're sitting there and listening. And it was super, really good. And, and I started daydreaming. I'll tell you what I was daydreaming about. I was looking at the, the pastor, the person who was running the ceremony, and it was a church where they wear a robe. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm really glad that our non-denomination doesn't make us wear a robe up front. <laughs> I was kind of daydreaming about that, and I was thinking about a few other things. And as I was sitting there, it looked like they were getting to a place where they're going to end, and kind of like even more, just about ready to get up. And and the pastor said, "Well, before we before we close, we have some final thoughts from a family friend, Dean Yoder." And I was over there kind of just doing my own thing, and Alan laughed at me for saying that because he says he's seen me do that before, but I've seen him do it before too. But um, all of a sudden I went, I think that was my name. They, they, hadn't, like, they hadn't told me that I was going to say something. And I was like, oh, I sat there, and he goes, Dean Yoder? And I'm like shrinking in my seat a little bit, and finally, like, you know, well, because half the room knew who I was. I like, I get up and I go past my friend whose father passed away and I said, hey, I hope you know I didn't prepare for this. He goes, I'm sorry, I owe you one. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right. So, you know, I go up front with a big smile on my face and like, well, I think pretty much everything's been said that I was planning on saying. And like, <laughs> you know, so I, I said a couple stories. I made it, but, you know, I was caught off guard. I don't know if you've ever... And the funny thing is, is my friend sat down next to me and goes, hey, we're not going to have to say anything at this, are we? I said, no, I don't think so. so. <laughs> Anyhow. And it wasn't even thing, anything I missed. Usually it's something I miss. But um, I wasn't even prepared. I didn't get a, the little flyer that they, you know, the order of service. I didn't even look at that. And um, they didn't hand one out to me. It would have had my name and I would have been like, oh, I could have like made some stuff up. <laughs> Right away. True stuff, but I could have had time. Um, I like how we ended with that song that says, we're a child of God, because we are child of God. We are children of God because He is a good Father. So our our vision statement, Awaken Church, is pursuing the heart of God for transformation in people and culture. And so what is the most important part about that vision statement to me is the part that says we pursue the heart of God. David uh, was known as a man after God's own heart. Um, to me, that's pursuing the heart of God. When you're after something, when you're trying to catch something, when you're trying to follow it, you're looking for it, you're seeking it. And, and he was put in place as king because God said he was a man after his own heart. And so to me, that is the most important part of our vision, is that we are people who pursue the heart of God. And so when we're talking about the heart of God, 
If I were going to think about, to me, what is the most important uh, thing to me about the heart of God? What is the heart of God? To me, the most important part is that I remember that He is a good Father. That's like the most important to me. Jesus talked about God, our Father. God, He said God is my Father. And He said God is our Father too. Now, the Pharisees and, and religious people at that time, they didn't like that because when you said that God was your Father, it was like saying you were God too. But Jesus emphasized and revealed to us a good Father. In fact, He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. Think of all the things that Jesus did. And how many of them don't you like? How many of the things that Jesus did that you know about in the Bible? The healings? The connection with people? The restoration? The death on the cross? The resurrection? Think of anything that you don't like that Jesus did. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, I believe that God is a good Father. And I'm going to step out here a little bit and tell you that I believe one of the greatest things about God is that He refuses to accept us in a state that is anything less than fully restored, fully renewed. We say that doesn't sound that doesn't sound good to me. I'm like, well, it does to me. I mean, if you if you went to go get a new car and you opened the hood and you saw it had an old engine, would you feel like you got something new? If you, if you bought a new house and you went inside and uh, it was rotting out on the inside and you were told it was a new house, would you be happy about that? I mean, maybe some of you've had that experience. I don't know. I hear a couple giggles. But I think the best thing about a good father is that he refuses to accept us in a state of anything less than his desire for us to be fully renewed. And the second best thing about him is that he doesn't expect us to do that. He creates a way for us to become that. And that's good news. See, so I was finding out, I wonder what people think a good father is like. And I just happened to be on the phone with Scarlett. I said, I'm going to be talking a little bit about a good father this week. And I said, what do you think a good father is? How would you describe a good father? And she goes, well, how about this? I'll ask our youth. And so she did. And so here's the list that the youth group came up with of what a good father is. They said, a good father is trustworthy, a good father is dependable, a good father is present, a good father is imperfect, a good father is sensitive, they're firm but kind, a good father is understanding, they never leave, they're helpful, they're a teacher, they own their own mistakes, and they love. Now the interesting thing to me about this list, as she said, that only two kids responded back to, if it was a text or an email, I'm not sure. Only two of the kids responded, and they came up with this list. And she said, these two kids are actually kids who have had dads who walked out on them when they were younger. 
They've actually experienced a not-so-good dad, but, but they were still able to come up with a list of what a good father would be like to them. See, I kind of believe that inherently within inside of us, we know what a good father is supposed to be like. It's just not always our experience out there in the world. I think as Christians, sometimes like we know what a good father is supposed to be like. We get told that God is a good father, and sometimes we just, we just forget the truth that we actually possess because we're listening to something else or because our experience is something else. And maybe we blame God. Or maybe it just life is life and we're like, how could God be good if this is happening? But in Luke, this is what Jesus said about a good father. He said, what father among you, Luke 11, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you the, where it was at, Luke 11, 10 through 13, says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If, if, like, if you then, being evil, that is sinful by nature, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask of him? See, even, even people that have half a heart don't treat their kids poorly. Like, I don't let my kid get bit by a dog so he learns a lesson. Well, I'm just going to, you know, like, yeah, my dad let me get bit by a dog so I'd learn a lesson. How would that go over in court? I mean, Jesus said that if we just keep asking... He keeps giving good gifts. Just keep seeking, you'll find it. So what kind of things are you expecting from God and what do you believe that He expects from you? Some of us believe that He expects perfection, but I don't, I don't believe that's true. So I don't think that God expects something from us that we can't do. but I do believe that He would only accept us in a perfect state. I think that, as I go back to the beginning, that's one of the best attributes of our good fathers, that He refuses to accept us in any condition that is less than new. So in, the, in those attributes that those youth listed, one of the things they said is they wanted a good father to not have to feel perfect. They didn't want the father to have to feel perfect. And I think what they're saying is that uh, if, if this person doesn't have to feel perfect, then they're not going to project perfection upon them. See, they know that they are imperfect, but feel that perfection is expected. So if their parents didn't feel the need to be perfect, then perhaps the pressure would not be on them to be perfect. Here's the hard part. is Our God is perfect. Our God, the good Father, is perfect in all of His ways. All of them. He's perfect in all of His ways. So, what does a good Father do 
who's perfect in all, of his, in all of his ways and refuses to accept you in anything less than your perfected condition, do. He creates a way. He creates a way for you. See, in the parable of the prodigal son, we see this young man, this young man and his brother and his father. And the youngest man asks his father for his inheritance before the father has passed away, before its rightful time. And he's left his home with his inheritance, and he's gone out into the world, and he's squandered all his wealth on all kinds of things that sounded fun at the time. Right? I think we've all been there. And now he's out of money. He's friendless. He's homeless. He's foodless. And he's stuck in a dead-end job feeding pigs. The story tells us that he gets smart. It says he comes to his senses, which is Chuck McAllister's first favorite part of the story. He comes to his senses. And... He believes that he's not acceptable as a son anymore. But he also thinks there's a possibility that his father would accept him at minimum as a servant. So this place that the son comes to is, I'm going to go back to the father and hopefully I can at least be a servant. Now if you... If you don't know the end of the story, this is what happens. It's in Luke 15, 21 through 24. The son goes back. The father sees him coming. He runs out to meet him. And the son tries to start telling him, he says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And bring the fattened calf, slaughter it, and let's eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. I love the story. I love the story of this lost son returning back to his father. But as I was thinking about this story, this son had to travel the whole road back to his father in a broken state. This son and this story. Yeah, the, the father restored the son. He created, he created a way. He, he, he fully restored the son in the story. But this son went the whole way wondering if he would be accepted. My point is, as Christians, do we walk our whole road to the Father wondering if we're going to be accepted? Because there's, there's just something missing a little bit for us in this story. To me, the father 
in this story isn't necessarily just the Father. To me, it's like what happens to us when we meet Jesus. See, we walk this road wondering if we're going to be accepted, wondering if we are good enough, wonder if we're perfect enough, and then all of a sudden, we come to our senses. Somehow, Jesus intervenes. And it's that point that we are perfected in the Father's eyes. It's, it, it's clear to me. The, the, Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. I think I have that written down here somewhere. The quote, the quote of it. I don't. It's in there. <laughs> there we go. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me." We don't have to come to the Father the same way the Son did in that story. We, we can look at that story and say once we are in Christ, now we are fully accepted by the Father. We're fully ex- ex- accepted. The expectation of us being fully restored and fully renewed is now possible in Christ. It's never been about what you could do. One of the things I forget, I think we forget as believers, is that the road back to the Father is supposed to be a triumphal road back to the Father. You see, when when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he reminds us in John 16, 28, he says, I came forth from the Father, and I have came into the world again, and I am leaving the world and going to the Father. So he is now going to go back to the Father. And a few verses later, he says, These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcame the world. Jesus returning to the Father was in the state as an overcomer. And if we are in Christ, when we return to the Father, we are walking with Him on that road as overcomers. Some of your Bibles might say conquerors. You know, the, the, the Romans, when their generals were super successful, when they had won this big battle, if I, I, said, I think they said if they killed over 5,000 people, they had a triumph for them. And a triumph was this huge celebration, this huge parade where people would line the streets and praise and worship them, encourage them as they walked into the city and up to one of the temples. They walked in victory. And Jesus has, is victorious. He defeated everything on the cross. Sin. He washed away your sins. You are now fully acceptable in front of the Father. In Christ. And as, as believers, I think sometimes we think we're walking this road of, am I going to be fully acceptable to the Father? And we forget that Jesus paved the road for us already. A victorious, a triumphal road. You see, because the problem is, there's another Father out there. 
There's another father that would like for you to not live a victorious life in Christ. Jesus said that Satan was a liar from the beginning. He said he is the father of lies. And we're walking the victorious path. We're in Christ. And the enemy like starts throwing little lies at you. Yeah, you're just not good enough. Oh, do you see what you just did? Oh, I wonder what people would think about that. Oh, look at what you did with your kids. You know, I am trying to, like, Chuck always talks about joy. And, I, and, and peace. <laughs> but, but Chuck is a joy guy. I don't know if you know Chuck. But. And I'm just like, I want to live a victorious life that is marked by peace and joy. Inside and outside. I mean, yeah, bad things can happen. You have tribulations. You, 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 right? right? In this world, you have tribulation. But take courage. Jesus has overcome the world. I don't want to walk the road back to the Father with my head down. Maybe you think that's how you have to do it. When there's a parade in town, are you interested? <laughs> Did you get your attention? What's going on over there? Could you imagine if we were walking around celebrating all the time? We're like, oh, there's that crazy guy. He's always happy. Or he's always joyful. Or he's always positive. I'm like... This is what Jesus died for. You can't do this on your own. God is a good father. And I've never completely thought of it this way about how thankful I am that he refuses to accept me in any state but then what he originally had intended for me. And I'm, and I'm really excited that I don't have to wonder if it's an expectation, but if it's not just, you know, Christ me and Christ. It just, it's, it's all it is. It's me and Christ. It's not an expectation. He knows that we can't meet the expectation. There isn't an expectation there. He knew it from the beginning. He's always had Christ in place and plan. Christ is not plan B. He was plan A all along. He's plan A all along. We couldn't do it without Christ. And God is a good father. And our kids know that. Our kids know what a good father is. And I'm asking you this morning, as we're closing, maybe you've been on that road back to the, forgot, back to the father and you're forgetting you're in Christ. Or, or maybe the father of lies shoots little things into your head. You know, Jesus frees us from our prison of sin and then Satan tries to lure us right back in. He wants to put us in prison with lies. What you believe. What you believe about yourself. Maybe you've never known that Jesus is the only way back to the Father. And you've been living under what you thought was the Father's expectation. Maybe you didn't know that He, he is the way. Maybe, maybe you didn't, haven't ever accepted Him and known that once you are in Him, now you can 
enter that triumphant walk with him back to the Father. You know, you're not going to get it perfect. <laughs> I, I like that we, that we teach about the old man and the new man, but just remember there's the third man, it's the human. <laughs> right? There's the human, human factor. I like, I like, I like that we teach and, and, and do the other part, though. But honestly, we're human, and we're going to have little things. But, but we believe that God is a good God, and that He's a good Father, and that He's created a way for you to boldly come before the throne of grace. How can you boldly come before a throne of grace if you don't accept the one who's mastered it? who's mastered sin, who defeated sin. Listen, God has a ring for you. He has a robe for you. He's got some new shoes for you. They're dancing shoes. The, the church needs dancing shoes. That's what they need. They need some dancing shoes. We're just, you know, we're just, can we be excited around here or not? I don't know. Is it safe? At the heart of every leader in the church, I hope that there is a heart to be a good father, a good parent, a good mother, however you want to put it. I'm not trying to genderize it. I want everybody to stand this morning, if you would. I want you to know that if you are in Christ, that you are a fully accepted son or daughter of God this morning. And I want you to, I want just this atmosphere and spirit of joy and peace to continue to fill this place. We're going to close in prayer. Lord, thank you for you being a good father. Thank you for moving in people's hearts this morning. God, lift up our heads, wipe our tears, and let us walk victoriously. Let us walk triumphantly in the grace that you have given us. Let us live to the fullest capacity of the, that the cross gives us that the empty grave gives us. We speak grace and peace and joy over everyone's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.